I love creating lessons about our Canadian tax system because filing taxes is something that everyone here needs to do, and yet almost none of us are ever taught how to do it properly. Tax season causes so many people so much stress every year, and it also costs a lot of us way more money than we actually need to be paying for our taxes, simply because many of us just don't understand how the Canadian tax system works. <laughs> Sorry about the noises. My dog has decided to lay here right behind me. Anyway, whatever. So last week I released an episode that was a beginner's guide to filing taxes in Canada. I'll link that in the description so that you can go check it out if you want to learn some solid beginner tax basics. And now this week I'm following up with an episode all about how you can directly save money on your taxes, meaning how to legally pay less tax by using the resources and the tools that the government is handing to us, but that so many people don't use because they simply don't know that these tools exist. And the tools that I'm talking about are tax deductions and tax credits. And before you click away saying, yeah, but I don't run a business, so I can't write things off. Let me tell you that even if you're not an entrepreneur, you still are eligible for a lot of different tax deductions and tax credits that you can use to lower your tax bill. So if you want to learn how to save some money this year on your taxes, make sure that you hit subscribe to the channel and stick around after the jump for a list of 10 tax write-offs that you can use to lower your tax bill this year, even if you're not an entrepreneur. Hello, hello, and welcome to the How to Adult Show podcast. I'm your host, Corey Fowler. And this is your go-to guide for personal finance information every time you find yourself asking, why didn't anybody teach me this stuff in school? Each week, we bring you a new lesson to coach you through getting your financial life together so that you can create financial security, start building wealth, and design a life that you truly love. Thank you so much for spending some time with me here today. Now, let's get started on today's lesson. Before I dive into this list, I want to give you a very quick overview of tax deductions and tax write-offs. Tax deductions are used to lower your taxable income. And this is what most people think of when they consider entrepreneurs who can use their business expenses to lower their taxable income. If you make $100,000 as an entrepreneur and you claim $20,000 worth of tax deductions, then you lower your taxable income to $80,000. This means that the government only asks you to pay tax on $80,000 instead of $100,000. Tax credits, on the other hand, are used to lower the amount of tax that you owe, and there are two different types of tax credits. There are refundable tax credits and non-refundable tax credits. Refundable tax credits mean that you can lower your tax bill to such an extent that the government actually owes you money back. Non-refundable tax credits, on the other hand, can be used to lower your tax bill to zero, but you can't get it any lower than that. As a Canadian who files a tax return, you are eligible for a wide variety of tax deductions and tax credits that you can use to pay less tax on your income. Now, there's a whole list of these on the CRA website. I'm gonna link that down below for you to check out on your own time, but it can 
take a while to read through this list. It is certifiably massive, and it can also take a while to read and understand the requirements to be eligible for some of these tax deductions. So I'm going to walk you through 10 of the most common federal tax deductions, which you may very well be eligible for. In addition to federal deductions and credits, there are also provincial deductions and credits that are clearly based on the province that you live in. And you might also be eligible for some of these. Again, you can find a list of provincial tax deductions and tax credits over on the CRA website. Now, make sure that you stick around to the end of this episode because missing one of these tax deductions could very well cost you some money this year. Number one, the RRSP tax deferral. If that's Greek to you, don't worry, you're not alone. An RRSP stands for a Registered Retirement Savings Plan, and this is a special type of savings account that's designed to help Canadians save and invest for their futures and their retirement. To incentivize Canadians to use this account, the government offers us a pretty substantial tax perk for contributing some of our money as long-term savings to our RRSP accounts. Contributing money to your RRSP provides you with a chance to claim what's known as a tax referral. This means that you don't pay taxes on the money that you contribute to your RRSP. This basically is a tax deduction. You do pay tax on that money when you take it out in the future in your retirement, but the idea is that you're gonna be in a lower tax bracket then, so dollar for dollar, you're gonna pay less tax on that money. Here's an example of how you can use an RRSP to reduce your tax bill this year. So let's say that you earned $100,000 last year. That means that this year you're allowed to contribute $18,000 to your RRSP. This year you make $100,000 again, and you contribute that $18,000 into your RRSP account. Your taxes are going to be deferred on the $18,000 that you contributed. And what happens on your taxes this year is that your taxable income is lowered by $18,000. This means that now your taxable income is reported as only $82,000. And that's the amount that you're going to be asked to pay tax on as opposed to the $100,000 that you actually earned. There are a ton of other perks to using an RRSP that I can't get into in today's episode, so please go and check out the Beginner's Guide to RRSPs that I released a little while ago and learn all about these accounts and how you can use one. I will link one of those episodes down in the description below. Number two, donations. If you donate money to a cause and get a tax receipt from that donation, then you can use that as a non-refundable tax credit. This means that you can lower the amount of tax that you have owing. To take advantage of this tax credit, you need to have donated to a registered charity and received a tax receipt for your donation. If you're not sure if your donation was made to an eligible registered charity, then you can check with the CRA about this. Usually, the tax receipt that you receive for your donation will have the eligible amount of the tax credit that you're allowed to claim, which generally is the amount of money that you donated in the first place, but sometimes you just need to check this on the receipt in case it's viewed that you received something in turn for the value of your donation, in which case it'll be a bit lower. Either way, that information is easy for you to find so that you can claim it. Number three, the basic personal amount. The basic personal amount is a tax deduction that applies to absolutely everybody who files taxes in Canada. This is a specified amount that you can claim as a deduction to lower your taxable income. And the amount varies based on what your income is. 
If your net income is less than $151,978, then you can claim the basic personal amount of $13,808 and lower your taxable income by that amount. If your income is higher than $216,511, then you can claim the basic personal amount of $12,421 and lower your taxable income by that amount. Remember, lowering your taxable income means you pay tax on less money than what you actually earned. Essentially, what this does is it gives you the first $13,808 that you earned free and clear of taxes. Number four, student loan interest. If you took out student loans, then there are some cases where you can claim the interest from your student loans as a non-refundable tax credit. The CRA requires that you've received your student loan from a specific student loan program instead of just taking out a line of credit, for example, and calling that a student loan. You're allowed to claim the student loan interest payments that you made over the past year, stretching back to five years previously. After that five-year timeline is up, then you can no longer claim that interest. That being said, because it's a non-refundable tax credit, it's not worth claiming if you're still a student and not making any income because then you're just throwing away that tax credit. Once you start earning money though, then it's a great way for a lot of people to be able to reduce their taxes. Number five, the first-time homebuyer's credit. The first-time homebuyer's tax credit can reduce your income tax payment by up to $750 or provide you with a $750 rebate. This credit is for people who have bought a new home as their primary residence. It has to be either your first home or you cannot have lived in a home owned by either you or your partner for four years previous to buying this home. This credit can only be claimed once for each home, so if you buy a house with your partner, then only one of you can claim it or you can split it on your taxes. The catch to this credit is that it has to be claimed in the year that you bought your first house. If you forget to claim it in your taxes this year, then you cannot carry it forward to claim the following year. Number six, the childcare deduction. Some childcare expenses can be claimed on your taxes. As a general rule, these are expenses incurred so that you can go to work, run a business, or go to school, and have your child cared for while you're doing so. This can include things like daycares and day camps that are primarily there for childcare purposes. This functions as a tax deduction, and there are limits as to the amount of deduction that you can claim based on things like the age of the child and what income tax bracket you and or your partner are in. You do need receipts to claim this, and this is important to note because there are a lot of people still who pay cash for childcare, and you can never claim anything without a receipt paper trail to prove your claim. So if you wanna pay cash, then you can't also claim the tax deduction. Number seven, moving expenses. You can use some eligible moving expenses as a tax deduction if you move for your job or business and your new residence is at least 40 kilometers closer to your place of work than your old residence was. This means that if you moved way out of the city for remote work and then are called back to the office one day, you can likely claim some moving expenses. If you just decide to move within the same neighborhood, however, to upsize or downsize, then your moving expenses will not be eligible. There are quite a few direct moving costs that you can deduct, for example, the cost of travel between locations, hiring movers, or temporary housing for a few days. Conversely, there are other things that you think you might be able to deduct, but that aren't actually eligible. For example, the cost of prepping your old home for sale, or travel expenses to go house hunting before you move. 
If you have moving expenses to claim, just make sure that your receipts are organized for everything and check that you can claim each expense on the CRA website or with your accountant before you do so. Number eight, home office expenses. With the move to remote work because of the pandemic, suddenly home office expenses are something that a lot more traditionally employed people are eligible to write off. To qualify to be allowed to use this deduction, in 2021, you need to have worked from home more than 50% of the time for a period of more than four consecutive weeks. You're eligible to write off $2 a day for every day worked from home up to a maximum of $500 for the year. So if you've been working your job from home because of the pandemic, make sure that you're using this tax deduction when you file your taxes this year. Number nine, medical expenses. Some medical expenses are eligible to be claimed on your taxes. The CRA states that these eligible expenses can be claimed if they were paid during any 12-month period ending in 2021 or if you miss claiming them on your 2020 taxes. There is an exhaustive list of eligible medical expenses on the CRA website, but a quick run through some of the more common ones include dental services, some fertility programs, medical marijuana, some rehab therapies, and the list goes on. I recommend taking a scan through the list if you have had any type of medical expenses at all over the past year, and just see where you might be able to write some things off. And finally, number 10, the dividend tax credit. The dividend tax credit is a non-refundable tax credit. And if you're an investor and own shares in a company that pays you dividends, then you should be aware of this tax credit if your dividend earnings are reported as part of your income for the year. There are what's classified as eligible and other than eligible dividends that are credited differently. And the T5 investment income statement that you receive is going to designate whether they're eligible or other than eligible. There's some math behind how the dividend tax credit actually works that isn't too important to get into for the scope of this lesson. But the important thing to note is that you end up having to pay less tax on your dividend income. This dividend tax credit is one of the reasons why it is very tax advantageous to earn income through investments as opposed to solely through traditional employment income. So as you can see from this list, there are multiple tools available to help you lower your taxable income, regardless of whether or not you run your own business. Tax write-offs are not just for entrepreneurs. And remember, the government gives us these tools. They want us to use them, but it's on each of us to have just a general understanding of how our tax system works, as well as what types of deductions, credits, and deferrals are available to us so that we can use them properly. I just chose 10 items here to talk about in today's episode, but you can find tons more over on the CRA website. It is very worth taking a scroll through there before you file your taxes or send all of your documents off to your accountant this year. If you have experience or more information regarding any of these write-offs or any others that you use, please feel free to drop them down in the comment section and help someone else out. Don't forget to like the video and subscribe to the channel. A new free personal finance lesson is released every Monday morning, so hit subscribe and that means that I will get to see you right back here next Monday with a brand new episode of The How to Adult Show. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The How to Adult Show podcast. Our goal is always to make your life just a little bit easier, so you can find today's show notes, links, and free downloads all in one place on our website blog at www.howtoadultschool.com. 
If you like today's show, please remember to subscribe and leave a review. If you found today's lesson helpful, in addition to leaving a review, which I am immensely grateful for, you can also share this episode with a friend or family member. This is the best way to keep passing financial education on to other people and sharing the knowledge and the wealth, which is what we're all about. So hit subscribe, leave a review, and I'll see you next Monday with a brand new episode of The How to Adult Show.